0: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, we are reflecting on the year, exploring regret and opportunity as a prerequisite to New Year's resolutions. So this episode came out of a little session I was having with myself to reflect on the year, on the show, my own business as a life coach, my personal relationships, everything that we reflect on as the year is ending. Thank you to all of you who have joined this year's Boundary Course. I was reflecting on how grateful I am to have had all of you who've participated And how encouraging it is for me and for each other when you join that kind of work to know that people are out in the world doing that work to better their lives, to better their families, to find more peace and fulfillment in this one precious life that we get. I've created two episodes, this one on reflecting and another one on support so that we can look through the lens of this podcast about what support is and the ripple effects of all support. So in this reflection episode, you might want to just listen and sit with what comes up for you. And that's kind of my first tip. I'm a feeler. I'm a big time feeler. And on top of being a feeler, I think of myself as a scattered creative. Even when I'm organized and getting things done, sort of my natural state, I would say, would be scattered creative and feeler. So for me, often when I'm reflecting, I want to sit and feel it. That's how I feel it move through me. That's how my insights come to me. That's how I slow down and listen to my intuition about whatever I'm reflecting on and what I need to know about the past so that I can move more successfully and more healthily into my future. But maybe you have more of what I think of as an engineering mind, Maybe you're more concrete and more organized. So think about who you are as we get into this episode and what you need. Do you need to sit and feel through this? Or do you need to sit with bringing pen to paper so that you can reflect on your own year going through the months? January, February, March, going through your year that way. If that way calls to you, what I can suggest is that you use your bank statements, to look through what were you spending money on in January to help you sort of move through your experience through the year as we reflect. There's no wrong way to reflect. And my next tip is that you know we tend to get so wrapped up as seekers about where we wanna go, what our future goals are, where we think we should already be. A lot of us feel as a tribe behind the curve We feel behind other people who maybe don't seem so emotional. You know, it takes time to process our emotions. We might not move through the world in the way that we see other people moving through the world. And that kind of comparison can leave us feeling like we're behind, like we're trying to play catch up. So in reflecting, I invite you to look at where were you last year at this time? Where were you three years ago? Five years ago? 10 years ago, that's a powerful set of questions to sit with and to see what just organically comes over you without overthinking, just to see what pops up from your subconscious to step into the answer of those questions. If you're stumped or want to dive more deeply, you can look at this historical way of reflecting last year, three years, five years ago, 10 years ago. What does that mean to you physically? What about emotionally? How do you feel now versus last year? What about mentally? If you've been listening to the show, my hope, I just crossed my fingers, my hope is that you know better now than ever before in your life how to mentally and emotionally show up for yourself with compassion and with truth. Where are you on your professional journey now compared to the past? Where are you financially whenever I mention money or talking about money, even though it's one of the scariest topics to me, I tend to get the the most sort of rah rah the most interaction online or on episodes. We really need to improve our relationship with money. How are you financially in this moment versus years before? And what about spiritually? How does that play in to your life to this past year? to where you are right now? So some of you might just stop and dive into that question and play around with that for a little while. What's that do? What does that feel like to consider where you were before instead of being so wrapped up in where you wanna go? You notice the difference there? When I'm running towards the future, I'm often accidentally and mindlessly practicing that what i'm doing right now isn't good enough and that's a very old teaching and wound for me so it's one that i want to pay attention to And each time i stop and go wait a minute how far have i come that question that assertion of wait a minute i get to look at how far i've come instead of where i'm not at yet I support my own growth and wound healing that where I am right now is good enough. I choose for it to be so. And that acceptance will help me launch into my next year with more clarity and more peace and more truth. Maybe this is something you journal about or meditate on or discuss with a friend or your therapist. What did you push through this year? What did you really work hard to just make happen for yourself? How did you show up? I need this question as a balancer so that I'm not accidentally stroking my human ego that thinks it needs to push through and bust through and work so hard on everything. One of my goals for myself continuously the last few years has been to make things easier. That starts with the way that I process. So I want to look at what did I push through? My goodness, this year I pushed through another move, my fifth move in four years. It was a push. I want to sit and reflect on that, on how much can change, how much I can still accomplish with my work and this podcast and my personal life, even while going through a push. I want to celebrate that. The other side of that coin for me that helps balance and keep my ego in check is what did the universe drop in my lap? What did it just give me? I just found out recently that the podcast was mentioned in the December issue of Mindful Magazine. No one contacted me or my team about that. No one asked if we would like to be added. No one shared from the magazine that we were added. An old colleague and friend found it. Hi, Joy. And Joy shared it with me. And that's how I knew. I mean, that was something that the universe just plopped in our laps here at Emotional Badass. That's an important thing for me to acknowledge, not just for my grown-up self, but for my inner child, who had a lot of things that were tough and hard. Look at that. With no extra effort, that just kind of fell out of the sky. Now, if we're struggling, if we're in pain, if we've had a lot of loss... It can be hard to open our eyes when we're angry or hurt. But if we play I spy with what was easy this past year, maybe you got a raise that you didn't have to ask for. Maybe something just became easy that's usually hard. Maybe the universe threw something negatively into your lap. If you were hit with some hard waves this year, how did you stay afloat? Another reflecting tip very useful for us to consciously shift and put on the lens of learning versus one of regret. Regret is defined by Merriam-Webster as sorrow aroused by circumstances beyond one's control of power to repair. Countless times in my career, I've said to people and to myself, we don't get unlimited chances. And those of us that care a lot about most things, the way that we do as highly sensitive people and empaths, we may be at risk for feeling more regret, regret about what we have done and regret about what we haven't done. But what happens when I ask you to flip that regret lens over and allow a lens for learning? Now, as a principle, I try to not live with regret, but one of the greatest regrets of my life was going through my first divorce and losing contact with a stepchild that I loved very much and continue to love from afar. You know, we go through some doozies in this life of things that we can't control and choices we make that maybe we would make differently from a different wisdom and experience point. As highly sensitive people, it's my belief that we must, for the sake of sanity and energy, learn a healthier way to process our regrets so our regrets don't get so heavy that they just try to drown us. I learned a lot about myself from that regret. I learned how much I love people. I learned how much I could love someone that I had no claim over or no relation to, no, no blood between us. I learned that I needed to protect myself more as I went forward into the world and dated. That it was so easy for me to love someone's child that I needed more boundaries around that for my own protection and to protect children. It's in the things that we regret that there's so much learning for us, but it's a forced learning. It's the learning things that we never would have chosen. I would have never chosen to have my heart broken the way that it broke for her.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com
0: So if you're going through something that's very difficult right now, you might just need to sit in the anger of it a while and the hurt to move through your grief process. But maybe maybe you're at the point where you can allow the lens to flip to absorb the learning that is available to you within that regret. And that is one of the secrets to letting go of regret so it doesn't drown us. Here's another reflection tip that you may want to toss out the window or may be exactly what you need this year. To take a relationship inventory. There's this idea that I go back to for myself and for clients over and over again. This idea that life is a theater. And many HSPs, we crave having the people that we love sit on the front row of our theater. And sometimes growing up means having to face that it's not safe or reasonable for all the people that we love or all the people that we want to sit on our front row. So as we grow and mature and have more life experience, as we get stronger in giving permission to be able to have boundaries, as we do our own important healing, we will find that people we used to let on the front row no longer fit there. So we get to experiment. We get to put people on the third row and see how that feels. We get to emotionally and psychologically, and yes, even physically, put someone on the fifth row or the tenth row, and we test it out. Over the years, there are some people that I've tried standing up. They They can no longer sit. They have to stand in the back of my theater. Sometimes they get to stay there for the duration, and sometimes I have to kick them out of my theater. Who needs shifting in your life? What opportunities are available to you if you clear some space? Are there relationships in your life that need moving up to the third row or the second row or the first row? This is in part what I believe Brene Brown means when she says, people must earn the right to hear your story. They have to earn the right for your front row. There's no birthright to the front row, though we may have been taught that. In my own reflection work, at the end of each year, I often sit and pay attention to What no longer scares me? It's one of my favorite questions. What no longer scares me? And that helps me look at what still scares me. One of my growth edges that I'm so much better at today, but still have work to do, is in feeling a lack of time. I know that's a big one for HSPs. We often struggle with a real fear of not having enough time to get to all the things. There are so many projects that I have, that I want to get to. And I have to pace and I have to shift that so that I'm not constantly feeling a lack of time. Looking at what still scares me or what still bothers me as a human being will very much help me in the next phase of reflection when I'm creating my New Year's resolutions. And this is a very important, brave piece of reflecting. To sit and name what you appreciate about life, living and yourself this year. Now that might be the squirmiest one on this list for many of you. To be able to sit in quiet and in stillness and name what do you appreciate about yourself? To be a good model of this, I feel called to name this because it's hard, right? What I appreciate about life? Is that there's a learning opportunity constantly. And that when I let go and meet myself in the present moment, possibilities feel limitless. I appreciate that I can go into nature at any time and just feel restored and connected, a part of something so much bigger than myself when I feel lost or overwhelmed or confused or scared, that the earth can hold me like that. That's why we call her Mother Earth. And I'm grateful that life has shown me how to feel comforted by Mother Earth instead of feeling alone or rejected or worthless. I appreciate that life allows me to wake up every single day, even the hard days. I appreciate that I continue to learn how to love my flawed self that i get gifted with the possibility of being a better person each day that i am gifted with more life there's so much to be grateful for when i sit down and get still and make myself look what i appreciate and love about myself this year how we have continued to get an episode out every single monday without missing even one that my creative sk- Scattered self can, with the help of my team, produce that way. I appreciate that I continue to push myself to talk about things that scare me, to face what's real and authentic instead of what's curated and looks perfectionistic. I appreciate and love that my vulnerability that I share here over this microphone continues to allow clients to show up to me in more of their vulnerability. I love that I know now more than ever that it's not just okay to love myself, it's essential. And I am honored to model that and teach that over this microphone and to any client who crosses my path. I wanna say that reflecting is not so much about sitting down and doing 20 minutes of reflection. I don't encourage reflecting right before creating resolutions. Allow some space in there. Have this reflection session with yourself. Have multiple sessions. Let it marinate over days or a few weeks. Allow the power of your subconscious to be invited to add to this reflective process. To allow whatever comes up during the mundane, when you're washing dishes, when you're pairing socks, when you're getting your stuff together to get into the car and go somewhere, the invitation to our subconscious, hey, tell me what you would like me to reflect on. You might be surprised at what that subconscious and your intuition just hands up to your consciousness. I hope there's something in this reflective episode that you needed to hear that helps you sit with yourself, that helps you love yourself. In my opinion, it's your job and my job. It's Chris's job. It's Kat's job. It's everyone I know. It's our own jobs to radically learn how to love ourselves. One of the best ways that you can support the show is to get on iTunes and give us a rating and a review if you have not done that already. I know it takes time and effort and energy and everybody is so overly busy we appreciate it so much and i just want to give some itunes shout outs to those of you who have spent the time energy and effort to get online go through all those steps to share what the show has done for you on the itunes reviews i want to thank my favorite megs you share in your review that you've suffered from panic disorder for 25 years and not until finding this podcast Did you figure out that you were an HSP? I'm so glad that you know that it's okay to be you. Thank you for sharing that so that other people could see that too. Bap Gosselin, I want to thank you for the sweet review that you wrote. That helps me know that maybe Monday is the best day for us to keep releasing the show, that it kind of helps you with your Monday funk and helps you get going. I'm so glad it works that way. Oh, Marie. I'm grateful that you're grateful. I'm so glad the podcast has brought you peace, that you're learning to accept and appreciate your high sensitivity, that now you're celebrating your sensitivity instead of beating yourself up for it. Incandescent head, I like your name. (laughs) I wanna thank you for the sweet, sweet review that you wrote. I'm glad to know that your search phrase, finding strength led you to emotional badass. I'm glad the show has provided you the strength that you've needed to get through a tough time. And you go on to say that you're going to look back at the discovery of this podcast and my voice as a, as a turning point that led you to love and accept yourself. Thank you for sharing what the show has meant to you. I promise you it helps other people find this show. And the more people that figure out that they're highly sensitive and that healing is possible, the better our world gets. The butterfly effect is real. We've recently hit more than a million downloads. Think about that for a moment. Let that in. So many of you have felt so alone in your sensitivity throughout your whole lives. There are a million downloads of our episodes. We are out there. You are unalone. That is something powerful to reflect on. Please continue to take care of yourselves. I promise that I will continue to take care of myself. I am an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.